Chapter Twenty Nine of The Life of Kit Carson by Edward S. Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The situation of General Kearney and his men could not have been more desperate. The only subsistence they had were their mules, and the water was insufficient to meet their wants. They were completely surrounded by the brave California Mexicans. They might exist for a time on the bodies of their animals, but they must perish without water. General Kearney called his friends together during the afternoon to consult as to whether any possible means of escape was before them. He could see none. He had sent three scouts to Commodore Stockton at San Diego, asking for immediate help, but the three were captured by the Mexicans on their return. Kearney had succeeded in exchanging a Mexican lieutenant, whom he held prisoner, for one of the scouts, but nothing was gained thereby. The messenger reported that they had been unable to reach San Diego, and Commodore Stockton, therefore, was in ignorance of the peril of his countrymen not far distant. When everyone expressed himself as unable to see the first ray of hope, Carson, in his deliberate, modest way, said that it was clear only a single possibility remained. That was by procuring relief from Commodore Stockton at San Diego. Though the other scouts had failed to reach him, Carson expressed his belief that he could succeed. At any rate, he desired to make the attempt to pass the Mexican lines. Lieutenant Beale, since minister to Austria, and favorably known throughout the country, immediately seconded the proposition, volunteering to accompany Carson. General Kearney gladly and gratefully accepted the offer, and the arrangements were instantly made. These arrangements were of the simplest nature. The beleaguered Americans were surrounded by three cardons of sentinels, and it was necessary for Carson and Beale to make their way past them in order to reach San Diego. When night was fully descended, the two left the rocks, and approaching the first line, sank upon their hands and knees, and crawled forward with the silence and stealth of Indian scouts. Despite the utmost care, their shoes made a slight noise now and then, and to avoid it, they took them off and shoved them in their belt. The exploit of Lieutenant Beale and Kit Carson was a most remarkable one in every respect. Frequently through the gloom they would catch the faint outlines of a sentinel, pacing back and forth. Instantly the two would lie flat on their faces until the man moved away, when the painful progress would be resumed. The slightest forgetfulness was certain to prove fatal for the Mexicans, knowing the desperate straits of the Americans, must have been expecting some such attempt, and were therefore more than usually watchful. Once a mounted Mexican rode close to the prostrate figures, sprang off his horse, and lit his cigarette. He was so close that the tiny flame showed his nose and features as it was held in front of his face, while lighting the twist of tobacco. During that most trying moment, as Kit Carson afterwards declared, he distinctly heard the beating of Lieutenant Beale's heart. There seemed no escape, but finally the horseman drove away, and the painful progress was continued for fully two miles, during which both men were constantly peering through the darkness for signs of danger. Again and again they were compelled to halt, and lying flat on their faces, wait till their fate was determined. "'We are through,' whispered Carson at last, when considerable distance beyond the last row of sentinels. "'Thank heaven!' exclaimed Lieutenant Beale in the same guarded voice. 
Now we'll put on our shoes and travel as fast as we know how to San Diego. The mountaineer paused in dismay, for while creeping over the plain, he had lost both his shoes that were thrust in his belt. The lieutenant had been equally unfortunate, and as it was utterly out of their power to recover them, they could only push on barefooted, over a soil that abounded with thorns and prickly pears. As these could not be seen in the darkness, their feet were soon wounded to a distressing degree. It was necessary to avoid the well-beaten trails, so that the route was not only made longer, but much more difficult on account of the obstacles named. Yet they were working for a great stake. The lives of General Kearney and his brave men were in the balance. If Carson and Bill failed to bring help right speedily, they were doomed. All night long, through the succeeding day, and far into the following night, the couple, worn, wearied, and with bleeding feet, pushed ahead. When exhausted, they would halt for a brief while, but the thought of their imperiled comrades, and the fear that some of the Mexicans were pursuing them, speedily started them off again, and they kept to their work with a grim resolution which heeded not fatigue, suffering, and wounds. The only compass Carson had was his eye but he was so familiar with the country that he never lost himself. The weary men were still trudging forward, when through the darkness ahead suddenly flashed out a star-like point of light. Several others appeared, and a minute later they dotted the background of gloom like a constellation. "'That's San Diego!' exclaimed Carson, who could not be mistaken. The couple could scarcely restrain their joy new life and activity thrilled their bodies, and they hurried on with the same elastic eagerness they felt at the beginning. In a short while they were challenged by sentinels, and making known their mission, were taken before Commodore Stockton. That officer, with his usual promptness, sent a force of nearly two hundred men to the relief of General Kearney. They took with them a piece of ordnance which, for want of horses, the men themselves were forced to draw. They advanced by forced marches to the endangered Americans, scarcely pausing night or day, until in sight of the Mexicans, who, considering discretion the better part of valor, withdrew without exchanging a shot with the naval brigade. As may be supposed, the feet of Carson and Bill were in a frightful condition when they reached San Diego. The mountaineer, on that account, did not return with the reinforcements, but he described the course and location so minutely that no difficulty was experienced by the relieving force. Lieutenant Beale was a man of sturdy frame, accustomed to roughing it on the frontier. But the sufferings he underwent on that eventful night were such that he felt the effects for years afterward. End of chapter 29